Hello and welcome to the SWIB podcast, where members of the Wisconsin Retirement System can turn for timely information on the investments that help fund the state's pension system. I'm Chris Preisler, Communications Specialist for the State of Wisconsin Investment Board, or SWIB. And I'm Dusty Weiss, producer of the podcast. With an eye on past success and a vision for the future, SWIB has built a strong foundation as a premier investment manager. In previous podcast episodes, we have heard from staff about how SWIB has worked hard to implement a robust and sophisticated investment strategy designed to weather various market conditions and build and enhance the infrastructure and technology needed to support that strategy. We have also heard how SWIB has added to its already strong investment management and services teams so that it continues on a path of success. A great deal of the work that SWIB has been able to accomplish is due in part to another group working in the background. SWIB's nine-member independent board of trustees. Today, we are going to talk to SWIB Board of Trustees Chair David Stein. We'll talk to David about the search for and recent appointment of SWIB's next Executive Director and Chief Investment Officer, the board's vision for the future, and how strong governance is keeping SWIB well-positioned for the future. The SWIB podcast is a regular opportunity for you to learn more about the people and funds that comprise the Wisconsin Retirement System. Please make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Share this podcast with your fellow WRS members and even leave us a review on iTunes so it's easier for other members to find this show. David Stein is the Executive Vice President and Head of Retail Banking for Associated Bank. He oversees the consumer banking activities for more than 200 branches across Associated's three-state footprint of Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Illinois. He is also responsible for Associated's mortgage, small business, and consumer and business cards business. David joined Associated in 2005 as regional president for the company's former South Central region, which was comprised of bank offices in the Madison area. Prior to joining Associated, he spent 16 years with J.P. Morgan Chase, formerly Bank One in Wisconsin, and at Bank One's former headquarters in Columbus, Ohio, where he held several management positions. David holds an MBA in business administration from the J.L. Kellogg Graduate School of Management at Northwestern University and a bachelor's degree in finance and marketing from St. Cloud State University College of Business. He was appointed to the SWIB Board of Trustees by Governor Walker in 2014 and became board chair in 2016. Chairman Stein, welcome to the SWIB podcast. Thanks, guys. Great to be with you. Mr. Stein, we got to hear a little bit there about your career background, and certainly it's an impressive CV. You've been a lot of places and done a lot of things in finance, but we'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Where are you from, and what got you interested in working in the financial industry in the first place? Well, I'm originally from the Twin Cities, uh, born and raised in a suburb of Minneapolis, and as Chris said, went to St. Cloud State, Minnesota School, so spent the first 25 years of my life up there. Really always wanted to be a banker. It was kind of in my blood, if you will. My dad was a community banker in the suburbs of Minneapolis. I had great respect for him, really saw him enjoy the work that he did every day, which is, I think, a fabulous thing to be able to say. And we were similar in many respects and started down the banking path and never looked back. I've been in this business for a long time, and it's really been a great career path for me. Well, it's really neat that you've got family history in banking, and certainly the community financial institution has always played a role in that sort of Midwestern culture and lifestyle. How have you taken what you learned from your dad and applied that in a larger context in your career to date? Well, it's still all about community. And one of the things my parents instilled in me is there's really two things you leave in life from a legacy perspective. One is family, and one is the institutions that 
you help build and run. And, you know, whether it's a community bank or a larger bank like Associated, hopefully I view my contributions as something that will help the community at large. We are excited about what we do from a business foundation perspective, helping people buy their first homes, et cetera. And it certainly extends to my work at SWIB. SWIB obviously is a huge part of the long-term financial plans and retirement for so many people around the state of Wisconsin. So it was just a natural for me to take what I've learned in the banking business and the institutions I've worked for there to hopefully try to better what happens at SWIB every day. So I have to ask, you grew up in Minnesota. Did you grow up a Vikings fan? Because (laughs) Dusty is a... I believe, a part owner of the Green Bay Packers and Associated's headquartered in Green Bay. So were you a Vikings fan? Did you have to learn to cheer on the green and gold? I grew up a Vikings fan, a Gophers fan, a Twins fan, et cetera, but I I still like the Twins. But beyond that, I have absolutely moved on. As you noted, Associated Bank not only is based in Wisconsin, but we are the official bank of the Green Bay Packers. We've actually been the bank of the Packers from day one, even pre-NFL. We banked the Packers from 1919, continue to bank them to this day. And I've, of course, become a huge Packers fan as a result. I'm also very pleased and proud to say I live in Madison and am all things Badgers all the time. So Yes, started being a Minnesota fan, but I've absolutely converted to uh, the Wisconsin side of the river, if you will. So let's turn our attention to the recent announcement of Edwin Denson as SWIB's next executive director and chief investment officer. Edwin is succeeding SWIB's former executive director and chief investment officer, David Villa, who passed away in February. David built a very strong leadership team at SWIB that really is the cornerstone of what has become a premier investment management organization. In fact, he hired Edwin in 2018 to serve as SWIB's Managing Director of Asset and Risk Allocation. Can you walk us through the board's process for making this very important decision? Sure. I'll take you through our thought process, but I really want to start by saying that certainly David's passing was a huge loss for all of us. Certainly for me personally, David was a friend of mine, the board of trustees, SWIB employees and colleagues, and of course, all the beneficiaries of the great work that SWIB does. David was certainly a visionary leader. He was recognized across the industry as somebody who really took SWIB to to great heights, and he is certainly missed and tough shoes to fill, if you will, as we made the decision. That being said, we were very comfortable with the process that we undertook in finding a successor to David in this role, in large part because David did a ton of the work for us already. David was very proud of not only what he did with SWIB from an investment perspective, but also what he did from a leadership team point of view. And as we spent time as a board talking with David about succession planning, which goes back you know multiple years, he would always say that he had built a team that would certainly outlast him, kind of back to the legacy comment I made earlier. So when we started to think about who the successor to David should be, we had a pretty decent roadmap. We knew that we were looking for somebody that would really be able to understand the complexity and the sophistication that SWIB embodies from an investment management perspective. But we were also more important importantly, interested in somebody that brings to the organization the leadership traits that David and other predecessors from an executive director perspective brought to SWIB as an organization. We were very focused on continuity. 
to the extent that we could promote from within as opposed to hiring somebody from outside the organization. We felt that that would help from a transition perspective and certainly having multiple strong internal candidates made that decision a little bit easier. As I said earlier, we spent a fair amount of time with David, certainly pre his passing, talking about succession planning, understanding our strong bench of internal talent. We thought it was a real competitive advantage to not have to go outside. These are folks that had exposure to the board already. We had a lot of respect for. They understood what the board's looking for. They understood what the beneficiaries need from SWIB. They understood what the colleagues within the four walls at SWIB need. And those individuals, multiple individuals that interviewed for the position, all put a great foot forward. If I can, David, for just a second, I imagine that you've spent a little bit of time in your professional life doing succession planning as well. Were you struck by almost the embarrassment of riches that you had to choose from as you were trying to find a replacement for David Villa? That's actually a great way to say it. To the extent that you have one qualified candidate, let alone multiple qualified candidates, is something that's pretty rare in a situation like this. You know, I'm pleased with the work that I've done here at the bank over my career. I've generally been able to hire from within or promote from within, but that's not always the case. And rarely can I say that I've had multiple qualified candidates to be able to step up into a role. And that's certainly the situation we were in when we were looking for David's successor at SWIB. And certainly it shows in how the process wound up, but the trustees spent a lot of time over the last couple of months meeting to settle on an eventual successor. So what was that process like? And what was it about Edwin Denson that drew you to him as the candidate to select? We had, I think, laid the foundation for a smooth succession in the months and even years prior to David's passing. But Certainly when we needed to make the decision, we accelerated that process. The trustees met about 10 times over the course of two months. We had a small group that was leading the effort, but of course, all the trustees were ultimately involved in interviewing all the finalists and ultimately making the decision. Really pleased with Edwin Denson, and we as trustees think he'll be phenomenal as the next leader of this organization. Edwin brings a lot to the table, certainly from an investment knowledge perspective. His whole career has been on the investment management side and not only management within certain asset classes, but importantly, things like asset allocation and risk management, kind of the macro topics that are top of house that the EDCIO spends you know, a fair amount of time with the board on. Also really like Edwin from a personality perspective, and he brings a lot of leadership characteristics that I think and the trustees felt were really going to be beneficial to the organization going forward. He certainly seems to us to be approachable. He's got a good sense of humor, he appears to have you know strong working relationships with people throughout the organization, different levels of the organization, both on the investment services side and the investment management side. And again, had a fair amount of prior experience and exposure to the board through our board meetings and other forums. And we just really felt he was the complete package. And all of that is so important. You talked about the stability of hiring from within. It's a shock to lose a leader like David, but in the middle of a pandemic, when you have staff that is spread out working remotely, and now 
You have to bring staff back. Swift's in the middle of planning for a new facility. That stability, that continuity is really important, isn't it? For sure. To be able to have somebody that's largely up to speed on the issues and opportunities that SWIB faces, I think has been a real luxury for us. Not that we couldn't get somebody from outside familiar with you know what our priorities need to be, et cetera, but the benefits of being able to take somebody that really understands what the agency is all about, what our near-term and longer-term future needs to be, and have them hit the ground running, I think has been a real benefit for us. So David Villa often compared the work Swib was doing to building a cathedral. He knew it would take time, and he knew he would not be leading the construction of that cathedral forever. David's vision is embedded in the current management structure and leadership, but he also made sure to leave an opportunity for his successor, in this case Edwin, to leave his own mark on how Swib builds the next phase of the cathedral. How does the board view Swib's future? Yeah, a couple of responses there. First off, I do think David's cathedral analogy is particularly apt. It's a thing of significant functionality, yet also a thing of great beauty. And I think those adjectives can both be applied to SWIB. Certainly the strength and the functionality that the organization provides its beneficiaries is really unquestioned. But there's some nuance and elegance, and I would argue beauty, that the folks at SWIB do every day in terms of the way in which they manage their business, the sophistication with which they're able to make investment decisions, et cetera. So I think that that analogy is very apt. As you pointed out, Chris, when David thought about his legacy, it was really what can outlive him. As you know, some cathedrals take decades or even centuries to build. And David understood that there's so much work that he can do, but if he creates the foundation, gets the right plans in place, hires the right people, that that cathedral over time can be built. So Swib's future, I think, is very bright. David did such a wonderful job of getting us to where we are and providing a blueprint, if you will, for where we go from here. We have really well-established ways to talk about things like active management of investments versus passive management. We have thoughtful discussions about asset allocation. We have a real balanced approach to the investment management side and the investment services side of the house. And so while not every decision is made relative to SWIB's future, I think that the blueprint for those decisions to be made, the structure that we have in place to have robust conversations around where we want to go as an agency is there. And, you know, at the end of the day, we may find that the cathedral that SWIB is and ultimately becomes is maybe not exactly what David envisioned, but it's very true to the initial plans and the principles, if you will, that he put in place as he started heading down this path. It was really difficult to say goodbye to David, but we are so happy for Edwin for his appointment and extend our congratulations once again. We've had Edwin on this podcast a couple of times, in fact, and we're looking forward to having him back now in his new role sometime in the very near future, so stay tuned for that. But Mr. Stein, while we've got you here, we're going to turn our attention now to your role as the chairman of SWIB's Board of Trustees. This is another very important role, of course, in overseeing the state of Wisconsin 
Investment Board. The dedication of SWIB's independent nine-member board of trustees, along with the support of the legislature and governors over time, has played an important role in building SWIB's strong foundation as well. And with the support of the board, SWIB has been able to build on these past achievements with an eye toward this continuous improvement that we're always striving for. That's helped SWIB become a recognized world-class investment manager. Now, you're not yourself a member of the Wisconsin Retirement System, so what made you want to serve on its board? Quite frankly, it goes back to what I said previously about institutions and where can I take my talents and help out an institution that will outlive me, that will benefit other people. I'm, you know, first and foremost, a banker. I'm working in a for-profit part of the world, but felt that I had some skills that translated into helping SWIB get better. And as I learned a little bit more about SWIB and quite frankly, how strong and unique the model is, I became more and more enthused about, you know, a potential opportunity to join the board of trustees. I think that's a really admirable aim and a story, and certainly seeing public service as a calling is something that I think is universal to SWIB, but it's really cool to hear that that was something that called to you. Another aspect of SWIB that was interesting to me was the role it plays in the Wisconsin economy. I feel strongly that for my institution, my bank, to be successful, we want to have a vibrant business economy. And again, as I learned more about SWIB and learned how SWIB pumps money back into the state economy, about 85% of the benefits paid really go back to Wisconsin. And so it benefits not only the beneficiaries, if you will, but the state as a whole. SWIB's board is made up of nine members from very diverse backgrounds. There are six public members who are appointed by the governor to serve. There's also an educator participant in the WRS appointed by the Teachers Retirement Board a non-educator participant in the WRS appointed by the Wisconsin Retirement Board, and the secretary of the Department of Administration. It's really a diverse group with varying backgrounds and experiences that includes not only WRS participants, but also non-participants like yourself. Can you talk a little bit about why the makeup of the board is so important? Sure. Having an effective board is really critically important for success of an organization like SWIB. And if you look at some of the struggles other public pension funds are having, it kind of points out differences, in my opinion, between effective and maybe ineffective board governance. You know, research has shown that there are really two key elements of board composition that really determine effectiveness. The first is you know, the skills and the experience and the expertise of the members. And then the second is you know, having adequate stakeholder representation. And I think the SWIB board has both of these important elements. I think it's also important to note that six to nine is probably the right size to function effectively. If it's smaller than we are or you know, smaller than six or seven, there's just too much work to be done by too few people. But if it becomes 10 or more board members, it becomes challenging just logistically to get to decisions, et cetera. So really like the size of the board we have as well. And certainly we already touched on one of the big jobs that the board of trustees takes on, which is choosing a successor for David Villa and finding that successor in Edwin Denson. But what are some of the more day-to-day jobs that the board of trustees takes on? Yeah, the board's responsible not for actual investment decisions. A lot of public pension boards spend time really working with the investment side of the house in 
approving we want to spend dollars here or invest dollars here or dollars there. That's really not our role. We're too big and we have such a strong investment management core that it really doesn't make sense for the board to do that. So we're focused on things, certainly from a people perspective, we already talked about succession planning, but when we think about the ways in which we allocate our assets globally, not just specific investments, but you know the percentage of assets that are actively managed versus passively managed, the percentage of assets that go into fixed income versus equities versus alternative investments. Importantly, compensation is something that's certainly within the purview of the board. And then strategic decisions and risk management. So everything ranging from what we're doing with our new facility in Madison to you know how we ensure that we as an agency don't head down a wrong path. We feel really good about the roles we play on all those fronts, but they're kind of at the macro level as opposed to uh, specifically investment decision related. So it really sounds like it's a matter of setting policy and setting guardrails, if you will, and then stepping back and letting the professionals do their jobs and make the day-to-day decisions that they've got to make. And that's interesting because, as I understand it, it's something of a rarity in the world of public pensions. We've touched on this before, but it's sort of a product of the financial markets, which move really fast, and things don't just change daily, but hourly or by the minute, even. So with SWIB's trustees involved in setting the high-level policy, but otherwise kind of hands-off, SWIB's staff has the independence to make split-second moves that other public pensions do not. And ultimately, that better serves the goals and objectives of SWIB's investment strategy and the interests of its members, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And make no mistake, there is complete accountability for investment decisions ultimately through the board of trustees. But we do it in ways like setting benchmarks that we expect various asset classes to adhere to or beat from a risk-adjusted return perspective. And we certainly spend a lot of time in our board meetings having staff and in many cases, independent board consultants update us on how we're doing against what those expectations are. So we're not involved in specific decisions. To your point, the markets move too fast for us to do that, but we set the guardrails and then we very closely monitor performance within those guardrails. So all that flexibility that the board allows staff wouldn't really mean anything if there wasn't a highly qualified staff in place to carry out the strategy and work on behalf of the WRS participants. Can you talk a little bit about the staff that SWIB has and how the board thinks about compensation? Yeah, it's a great question. So a couple of things that the board particularly spends time on is, of course, always ensuring that we have the highest caliber talent that we can find and then appropriately compensating that talent for the great work that they do. At the end of the day, we are long-term investors, and we want people that buy into that philosophy. We want people that understand who the beneficiaries of their efforts are, understand that this is a state agency or a quasi-state agency, and essentially manage their day-to-day work accordingly. We've been very fortunate because of the success SWIB has had to be able to attract and retain some very highly qualified people that have had success in other entities, both on the public side and the private side. And we know that we have to pay a competitive compensation to be able to attract and retain those folks. 
but we feel we have a strong pay for performance culture. We certainly have competitive base salaries. And I think the compensation structure we put in place has a fair sharing of economic value added to the staff such that they enjoy from a variable comp perspective some of the fruits of their labor. Certainly the majority of economic value added goes to the plan and the beneficiaries, but there's no doubt that the better SWIB does from a risk-adjusted return perspective, the higher, if you will, the variable compensation pool is for any given year. And ultimately, it all works out to the benefit of the members of the Wisconsin Retirement System, and that's certainly a cause worth celebrating. But, you know, Mr. Stein, in every podcast that we've done so far, we've touched on the impact that the COVID-19 pandemic has had on the financial markets and the work that SWIB does. And maybe that's a peril of launching a podcast in the middle of a pandemic, but you're in a unique position, so we'd be remiss if you didn't ask you about it. You're part of the banking industry and so many of the things that impacted SWIB in 2020 and are continuing to impact SWIB were also impacting your job as well. Can you share some of your thoughts on COVID-19 and the challenges that it's presented for the financial industry as a whole? Absolutely. And, and I'll start by saying I don't ever want to lose sight of the human tragedy that has occurred during the pandemic. Virtually everyone knows friends or family or, or loved ones who have had to deal with health challenges, perhaps people that have passed away. So I don't ever want to lose sight of that, but it's undeniable that it's also had significant business impacts. Not only am I in the banking business, I run essentially the retail part of Associated Bank, and that encompasses the branches, that encompasses our mortgage business, a lot of the consumer-facing parts of our organization. And so for the last 15 months, I've been up to my eyeballs in work relative to opening and closing branch lobbies, ensuring that we had appropriate protocols from a personal protective equipment perspective, a lot of discussion about mask wearing for our customers and colleagues. On the other side of the equation, we as a company, I think, did a very fine job in helping both small businesses and consumers. We were a big paycheck protection program, PPP lender, that was part of my world. And we also spent a lot of time helping thousands of our mortgage borrowers with deferring payments when they lost their income for a temporary period of time, et cetera. So it's been a big part of my professional life for the last 15 months. And quite frankly, it's helped me, I think, understand a little bit more some of the challenges that SWIB has had to deal with as well. Certainly at the bank, we've had a lot of work from home types of scenarios. And I think SWIB certainly adapted well to that kind of environment. And we've done a lot more from a team's meeting perspective as an example, but really proud to say both for the bank and for SWIB that it's really been a year that we've persevered, we've done the right thing for our customers, our beneficiaries, and hopefully we're at the point where we're truly starting to emerge from what's been a, a very challenging year plus. Yeah, certainly. So the pandemic resulted in a lot of changes you mentioned employees working remotely. You said you're on the retail side at Associated Bank. So there's changes in the way people were doing their banking, I'm assuming, with lobbies closed, more online, more electronic type things. Do you see some of these changes that the pandemic brought staying in place going forward? How do you see those changes playing out in the future? 
a couple things I'll note, one from the banking side and then one just in business in general. On the banking front, there's always been or has been for the last many years the move to more digital interactions with financial institutions. That certainly accelerated during the pandemic. And while there will always be people that want to interact with uh, Associated Bank face-to-face, come into a branch, et cetera, and we'll always be there to serve them, it's undeniable that there are fewer and fewer of our customers that want to do that. And so we are very much continuing, in fact, accelerating our investment in digital capabilities to make sure that we've got you know best in class for our customers. I think more broadly in the business world, including SWIB, things like people's comfort with working remotely, people's comfort with having video meetings, Teams meetings, et cetera, as opposed to face-to-face is frankly, a benefit that may come out of what we've gone through the last 15 months or so. There's never going to be a substitute for the right group in the right setting on the right topic being together face-to-face, but I think we all recognize we can be more effective sometimes from a remote circumstance, whether it's at home or people just around different offices being online together via video as opposed to taking the time to travel to meet. So I think that's a permanent change as well. Well, it's certainly been a year of massive change of people being uncomfortable and facing uncertainty. But I think that in those instances of uncertainty, you really come to appreciate what's solid and the things that you can count on. And I think that the bottom line is, as we emerge from this pandemic, as SWIB transitions to its new leadership, and as you and the board of trustees continue with your oversight, the governance structure that SWIB has in place and the staff that manage the trust funds have positioned the Wisconsin retirement system well to continue to weather whatever might come next, would you say? Completely agree. I am incredibly proud of what SWIB has done, certainly as I've been involved over the last several years, but in particular in 2020 and and thus far in 2021. When you think about managing through the pandemic, when you think about the untimely passing of our visionary leader, when you think about all the challenges that this group has had to overcome, working remotely, et cetera, yet continuing to be focused on the mission, continuing to provide best-in-class, above-benchmark, risk-adjusted return for our 650,000 beneficiaries, that is just so much to be proud of, and I'm just humbled that I've been part of it. Mr. Stein, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. It was a great discussion. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed it and uh, appreciate the work that you're doing to uh, get the word out relative to the good work that SWIB does. And thank you for listening to the SWIB podcast. We will be bringing you updates on a regular basis, so make sure to take a moment and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Also remember to follow SWIB on LinkedIn or subscribe to our email list for more information. The SWIB podcast is brought to you by the State of Wisconsin Investment Board and produced by PodCamp Media. Branded podcast production for businesses, podcampmedia.com with editing by Larry Kilgore III. Thanks again for listening. I'm Chris Preisler. And I'm Dusty Weiss.